What's up, everybody? It's your boy, D-Roy. It's our national holiday, fantasy football draft weekend. Got our white claws in hand, ready to go. So, with that being said, you're in the fucking doghouse. Yeah! Boom! Championship! <clears throat> Welcome in, everybody. Like I said, it's your boy, D-Roy. Find me on Twitter, at RoyDog underscore 13. That is R-O-Y-D-A-W-G underscore 13. Sitting here today with me is my good buddy, Paul Burkles. How are you doing today? Doing good, my friend. Doing good. Ready to get this draft on. Yeah, all right. I think uh, the time has come, finally, get done with just talking about shit and actually, you know, just kind of fucking get into it and uh, get everything all together, uh, enjoy our time with our friends, uh, you know, and just have ourselves a good time, get ready for the season. We'll have DFS going on next week. We'll get into the ins and outs and what to do and uh, hoot nanny and all that bullshit. Um, we'll get out... Uh, Get started on, or get started. I've already been started getting my spreadsheet and shit together for doing DFS, which is probably just as time consuming as trying to put a fucking you know homegrown podcast together <laughs> and uh, you know doing the seasonal shit. But uh, yeah, so figured I'd have my buddy come on and we talk a little bit about you know <clears throat> maybe not so much strategy per se but just you know who he's kind of looking at and trying to maybe avoid in his drafts and any type of concerns and talk about it um i got the updated cheat sheets that went out the this morning so we should be all good to go uh make sure you check your mailboxes and get those printed out if you are indeed using them for your drafts uh, up through this weekend and then I will have another update out next Friday for the Labor Day weekend drafts. So uh, yeah, Paul, um, talking about a little bit maybe of just start out in the first round. Is there anybody that you're kind of curious about or you really have a you know, you don't have a really good feeling on and somebody that you might want to avoid in that round. Well, uh, one of the guys I don't have a good feeling on is David Johnson. Uh, yeah, he's got talent for days, but I, I don't believe in the Cardinals offense, uh, especially that offensive line. And I, I just, I don't, I'm not comfortable with David Johnson. And I pick at the four spot. 
And with the Ezekiel Elliott situation, you got, you know, it could drop at four, Ezekiel, David Johnson. So a couple of guys where I'm at in the draft, I'm not really comfortable. So I've kind of, uh, you know, got my eye on a couple different players. Uh, but is it too early to take them, you know? Uh, I kind of eyeball and I always want to gamble and go Delvin Cook at four, which is be a crazy gamble, but not a surprise here in our league because it's one of like Dennis's rules for the Roy Dog rules. Uh, know your know your league, and you know darn well the Packers and the Bear guys are gonna go rounds earlier than they should. So I got that in the back of my mind too as I'm looking at this draft. Um, guys, at the last week or so that jumped up for me, <clears throat> uh, Chris Carson, but that's, you know, that's later in the rounds. Uh, obviously, I mentioned my Delvin Cook. I really like Delvin Cook's situation with the new zone scheme with the Vikings. Um, I'm pretty comfortable with Nick Chubb. You know, this is just looking at running backs uh, receiver-wise. You know, Michael Thomas all day. I mean, think of that offense, you know, maybe not a touchdown scoring guy, but for our league with the PPR, you know, I'm very comfortable about taking him, you know. Well, and that's the thing, too, is Michael Thomas is probably about, you know, outside of DeAndre Hopkins, is really your safest uh, wide receiver up in that higher-end tier, especially for end of the first round. Uh, He has dropped at the beginning of second rounds, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. But we are unsure of Devontae Adams' actual situation within the actual offense. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm a die or diehard Packer fans. We know. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. But I mean, in the end, you're looking at you're looking at Devontae Adams. I think still being the number two overall. Um, just based on the fact that Aaron Rodgers is there, that is Aaron Rodgers' guy. You know, so I have a really hard time dropping him right. below the two the two overall for a wide receiver. Yeah, like if anything, he's going to be like a late bloomer. Like this offense might struggle or sputter at first, and then for a playoff stretch towards the end, they, that's probably when they start clicking. So he'll probably pay off dividends, especially at the end of the season. Right. You know, I I I wouldn't disagree with you whatsoever on that. Um. There's some awesome late round receivers, though. You know, there is. There is. That's why there's, there's a plethora. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we are still in a a situation, I think, where you want to get your running backs early. But I would not say uh, for don't for remember not to forget about the elite wide receivers um, in there, especially since there are so many kind of uh, holes. That I would that I can find within the running the upper running back tiers, other than the guys that I have mentioned on previous podcasts, you know, mm-hmm. in the write ups, um, and whatnot. But building upon what you said about David Johnson, we know the Arizona Cardinals they have their defense is going to be fucking terrible. You know, Patrick Peterson's going to be out for the beginning of the season uh, due to PED suspensions. Um, so we know that there's going to be opportunity for the Cardinal offense to produce 
because they're going to probably be playing from behind in most of those games. What is your feeling on Kyler Murray? And then off of that, do you have any handle on any of the wide receivers whatsoever? Well, my, uh, my feeling is with Kyler Murray, you know, the struggles of the offensive line. But as you alluded to on the defense, they're going to be behind in a ton of games. So you're thinking fantasy-wise, like I, I, sometimes I get hard, I get mixed up real, 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 that's easy for me to say, reality of actual football and then the fantasy side. Right. Like reality, they're going to suck, I think. And they're going to be behind a lot of games. So garbage points-wise for fantasy, they're probably going to be jacked up. And with Kyle Murray, I I don't know. I, I don't trust the coach yet. You know, there's a lot of unknowns. And I, I think he'll put up fantasy points because of his running ability and a lot of garbage points. But so I I, I guess he'd be an okay, uh, you know, QB number two or bi-week QB. Um, I know it depends on what your fantasy league scores too. Like uh, we do – our points, running running quarterbacks, you score a little extra. Um, as for receivers, the 206-year-old Larry Fitzgerald is probably the, the guy to get, you know. And, yee. Um, uh, you know, everybody's pretty fired up by Christian Kirk. You know, yeah, he had some flashes. But with the new system and now it's a new quarterback, you know, he kind of reset everything. You know, you don't have a go-to guy yet. Um, it's something that you keep your eye on as the season goes and see who's available. Uh, you know, because most likely none of these guys are going to get drafted. Maybe Christian Kirk, or maybe, you know, but other than that, that what was it? Uh, JJ, or, yeah, nah, I forget his name. But, yeah, they had, like a, they had a whole mess of receivers, you know. Well, Keyshawn Johnson is is the guy that I'm kind of looking at. But, of course, I'm not going to take any of them. I wouldn't take any of them outside of, like, say, the double-digit round. So 10th round and later, um, maybe take a shot and see if, you know, it it hits. And Keyshawn Johnson is the one that's actually been showing up this preseason, not only in practice, but in the game. So he's kind of a guy that... uh, Semi-targeting. Okay. If I don't get him, if I don't get him, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fucking cry about it. But um, I think he's about the only guy right now who has any value in the offense. Like, okay. The talk is has been that it's dangerous. You know, maybe like Kyler Murray as a player, in in the fact of what I said. You know, they're gonna be coming from behind and throwing. But the problem is, why go after any of the wide receivers? Because it's going to be spread about so much that none of them really have any value alone. So you would get Kyler Murray and just take the whole group take of the points in the ball. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there is some validity in that. Um, I'm still going to stay, stay away from Kyler Murray because – we only need one quarterback and quarterback so deep. Why even bother taking the chance on it? Um, I'd rather have somebody who's stable and it's going to give me the points on a weekend, week out basis. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
you're rolling a dice, you're hoping he hits is what it is. And uh, it's there's too many options where you've got steady Eddie and, uh, you know, you need that consistency, at least uh, in this league. <laughs> you know? Um, and, you know, David and David Johnson burned me once, so I... I mean, uh, I, there, you know, there, yeah, there so maybe I, you know, <laughs> ah, David Johnson, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I ain't so, gonna draft you. Uh, <laughs> but oh, we got a little broken wrist in I, I would, I would agree though. At least in this year, um, it it kind of works out to have that that thought on him because you have no clue what's going to happen to this offense. I don't care what's going on in the preseason. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's got their number one defense out on that field. Yeah. And and that's the thing. I mean, the, the best thing that's probably happened was week two when the offense stuttered. And it kind of it kind of depressed everybody a little bit. Oh my goodness! And, yeah. I was just sitting there like, oh, please just go off, just go off, you know, show like, oh, yeah, we look good, yeah, it's gonna be great. Just so everybody get bumped up, bumped up, and then you just be like, all right, there we go. Uh, you guys fucked up. You took that landmine for us, so. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Good day to you, sir. <laughs> I'll see you in week 13 when I'm in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, the Cal Murphy, Murray troopers uh, <laughs> were panic, full panic mode. Well, that's kind of, th- and the thing too with like the rookie quarterbacks is the hype now on Daniel Jones is just getting so fucking out of whack. And it's like, listen here. Listen, the only reason why this kid looks really good is because he's playing behind fucking Eli Manning, <laughs> who is just, you know, he turns water into white claws, you know. That? <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no laws when you drink claws. Oh yeah, but uh, um, it is kind of fu- it is kind of funny getting to the Eli Manning and Daniel Jones, and this doesn't really have anything to do with fantasy per se, you know, outside of like their targets, you know, Saquon Barkley, whether or not they're going to succeed or fail. I think the offense is still going to be is still going to be good because when you look back at Eli Manning's statistics from last year, we can make fun of them all that we want. The offense actually wasn't that bad from a statistical standpoint with, you know, Manning threw for like 4,000 yards. Right, his completion percentage was up. And he had 20-plus, you know, touchdowns. It's just he had the turnovers and at times he just wanted to dick and dunk and huge protection breakdowns with their offensive line being banged up and right but and, they, I yeah. think they fixed I think they fixed it yep and you know everybody is like well you know if Eli Manning doesn't do good or if they bring in Daniel Jones is that going to hurt Saquon Barkley no it, nothing's affecting Saquon Barkley Barkley's his own fucking guy you know yep. Yep. and he's shown and, uh, did you see that Dude's thing did you man. see that drill from the old Penn State video where they had the guys all huddled around and that he had to like break through like seven guys or whatever and he just destroyed them. Oh, he, he, he's one heck of an athlete. I wish I had an ounce of his talent. It just, gosh, it's so awesome. <laughs> you know? And some of the, he had a, what, a preseason catch where he, he like looked like a number one receiver. That was yeah. crazy catch. You know, just athlete. Right. Pure athlete. And with Tree trunks for legs. You know, he really is a beast, yeah. man. Um, so I think, I think as far as drafting quarterbacks, I think we're good. 
we, I, you know, I have my listing. I don't think it's that far off from everybody else's listing. We all know who's at, you know, risk versus reward mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so I'm not really too worried about it. What's your feeling though on Leonard Fournette? Well, I think quietly, I think he will have a, uh, a bounce back year. I think, um, They've retooled that offense a little bit and uh, obviously going to try once again to feature him. And I think they're going to do a little more things to help him out. And, I, you know, Yeldon is gone. And I think mm-hmm. he's they're going to keep him on the field for three downs and and hammer him. I, I, I think he's going to have a pretty good, I would say, a good uh, high-end RB2, you know, mm-hmm. kind of production. Especially knock on wood, if he stays healthy. And and what is nice is a lot of the mock drafts and a couple of the drafts that uh that I've been in already, he's fallen late because oh it's the Fournette, he gets hurt, uh, you know. So he's been dropping to that late third, fourth round or that third mm-hmm. round turn. And so I think that's a pretty quality get if you could get him. Uh, I haven't been able to get him, but I've, I've he's been on my radar. Um, yeah, there's the injury concerns, but man. I mean, was it a couple seasons ago? He was what the top guy to get, and all of a sudden, right. he, you know, it's kind of like that Todd Gurley. I, I have a feeling like that Todd Gurley a couple seasons ago, with all the crazy touchdowns. You know, right. he carried, he won right. me a championship. I think I'm not saying he's going to snap like Todd Gurley, but I think he could have those touchdown production uh, with this offense, with because the, they got a solid D to keep that running game going and he, keep them in games. They're yeah. going to be old school style, and I think he'll have the case. Yeah. And I also like that Foles is there. Foles isn't going to be a, a great thing, quarterback. but right on, brother. quarterback. <laughs> right on. Um, the offensive line uh, is healthy and should be good. It, it, it should be able to get him a better yards per carry. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I've been really worried about was you've seen over the first couple of years. It had dropped, and we were wondering if that trend was going to continue or not. Now, Jaguars have worked on that mm-hmm. um, with the offensive line, bringing in Nick Foles, somebody who's competent to kind of keep the eight-man in the box, you know, situations, you know, to somewhat of a minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, new offensive coordinator as well. New offensive coordinator. Uh, <laughs> there's nobody behind him outside of Raquel Armstead. Yeah. And as much as Armstead has looked like complete dog shit, this preseason. I mean, he had Alfred Blue go down. So they had somebody else go down. I can't remember. Oh, Benny Cunningham went down. So he's out of the fucking equation. So Benny I mean, Cunningham and the Jets right now. <laughs> Side pants. Anyway. Um, we got bad jokes for days. I know. Um, I got a face for radio. So, I mean, <laughs> really, it when you're locking down the situation, you can just go Fournette and then get Armstead super late. Nobody's going to take Fournette. Nobody. Yeah, no. Nobody's out. So, yeah, it's a nice little handcuff towards the end of the, you know, let's say round 12 guy. I, I, I just think I think he'll have – he'll be solid for you. He'll be right. solid for you and produce points each week, I believe, and maybe a couple extra touchdowns yep. for net. And I'm good with that whatsoever. I just agree with that. Uh, Damian Williams' situation, uh, he's looking more and more like he's going to be the number one. And now – 
with Darwin Thompson really showing up. His stock is risen. Game. Holy cow! Yeah. He is up. He's up at my. He's up in my list too because I really liked the kid, but I didn't know if he was going to be able to supersede Carlos Hyde, yeah. who's now rumored to be on the cutting block because of Darwin Thompson's uh, production. So. Is it? Do you think it's really a handcuff situation where you get Damian Williams or Darwin Thompson, or is this like what I said two years ago, and I believe you were on the same thing too with Spencer Ware when Kareem Hunt was drafted? That maybe you didn't necessarily need to get Spencer Ware, but you had you should get your hands on Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I think this is history repeating itself. Because uh, yes, I agree. That, I think Darwin Thompson's the guy to get. Yeah, Damian Williams is going to start out in the block. Um, well, start out in the gate, you know, <clears throat> and he's going to hold. He's never proven to be the workhorse back in all his career. What he had fifty carries last year. Yeah, he couldn't make it through even then. You know, uh, I like the guy. He's got a ton of talent. You know, like he's, he's still solid. He's kind of. Kind of like a Lamar Miller to me in this situation, but obviously a high-end Lamar Miller with the Kansas City offense. But I think Darwin Thompson is going to be the guy, especially towards that middle of the season, late playoff push, is the guy to have. You know? You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think... That I think that's kind of the thing with the situation. I'm gonna stay away from Damian Williams again, like you said. Unless he falls, you know, if he falls like ridiculous, and he's not, but like, everybody's got a price, right? You know, I mean, but yeah, for the most part, I, I mean, with the rise of Chris Carson now, who's going in the fourth round versus the fifth round, and we talked about this. We talked specifically about whether or not we liked Chris Carson or not. And I said, <laughs> dude, I love Chris Carson, and he sure as fuck proved. That he was going to be the main guy, and we called it. We yeah. called it when we talked about this yeah, back, dude, in, dude, back in May. Yeah, man. He, well, last year I had him on my team, and uh, he helped me out big time. Even though mm-hmm. I didn't make the playoffs, but uh, Melvin Gordon, I wouldn't touch with a fucking ten foot pole. I love the guy, but <laughs> we love the guy because he's from Kenosha, Cake Town kicker, man. Yeah. Hell yeah, <laughs> love him. I'm Wisconsin, but um, sorry, Melvin, not today. I haven't moved. <laughs> I haven't moved him down uh, below Lamar Miller. Uh, that's just because of who Melvin Gordon is. I'm not going to touch him because it looks like he will hold out this season. I don't think he's coming back this year. So Austin nice. Eckler moves up. Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson moves up. He looks smooth too. Uh, he's a smooth runner. He's everybody smooth runner. Runner. You know? Dude, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying what it is. Okay, me and Steve Renner talked about this kid um, after the draft last season, and both of us had brought it up. Brought it up, and we were like, you know, what do you think, Justin Jackson? Jackson. And both of us said we really, really like Justin Jackson out of Northwestern. That nobody was giving the kid enough credit for what he had. Yeah, he had he had a lot of carries. He has he had a lot of wear and tear. But he had last year in his rookie year didn't really have to do much. So he basically had kind of a year off. Um, but now everybody on the fucking radio, ooh, Justin Jackson, he's my sleeper. Get the fuck out of here. If you weren't fucking on him last year, get the fuck out of here. You know, you, do, you can't put any fucking claim Don't on that. Don't steal my homework, son. Yeah. It's like, like Devin Ozigbo this year with the fucking Saints. The main runner are both on this kid. So 
as somebody to watch out for if uh, Murray, Latavius Murray, uh, you know, starts kind of stuttering or whatever, they will definitely bring Ozigbo in there to fill that role. But um, yeah. kind of la- the last thing I wanted to kind of cover with running backs is uh, what do you think of Darius, guys, after that performance this, this week? Well, I probably let the secret out of the bag a couple weeks ago, and then I can't think that. I like him. I like him. I like <laughs> I like him. Guys, I was high on him last year. Yeah, I like him. I, I have know. a real soft spot for him, but it, I, at the same point in time, here, here's my thought and feeling on it, mm-hmm. okay? We really like Dalvin Cook, right? I love him, yeah. So he tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. Comes back last year. Looks moderately good in the preseason. Kind of kind of a little bit similar to Geis, maybe not so much. Just because Geis came out of nowhere in this in this third game. Like, because we didn't know originally if he was even going to be in there. Yep, he's coming off a hamstring there. So, and that's the th- and that's the thing. Cook dealt with a lot of lower leg injuries, which were predicated because of this ACL coming back and whether or not he was favoring his other leg, which was causing, you know, his hamstring issues last year. So with Darius Geis having hamstring issues already, is it a more wise decision, even though he looks good, even though we're big on him, to maybe just say, look, I'm going to give it a year. Yeah. It's not going to kill me if I don't have him. Exactly. Oh, exactly. I like him. You know, he's a guy, a late bloomer pick me, you know, like, but he's not. He's going a little higher, but. Plus, plus I, plus what the, it, I was thinking too was if you add into the fact that you get an ornery Adrian Peterson who they're going to have to feed carries with, they extended him. Yeah, they gave him money. And. <laughs> And then he, and then Chris Thompson, who's completely fucking forgot about in this equation, is back, and he's healthy this year. So he's got two guys to really mainly deal with for uh, production. So I just think, as much as I like him, I have him in my sixth tier, you know, right below Austin Eckler, right before Miles Sanders, that it might be still too much of a risk, especially if I mean if you're going running back early. You're probably not going to need him. Maybe take Flyer as an RB three, as your or I shouldn't say RB three, but as your third running back. Um, maybe I might take a shot on it. Just say, you know, here's here's a lottery ticket. But I think I would do that in a draft that I was much more comfortable knowing that I'm pretty sure I'm making the fucking playoffs. I don't think I'd do it in this league. <laughs> this league's pretty tough. It's a challenge. This league's pretty tough. Even even and at the same time though, if he hits, so that's the game. But then otherwise you got a fancy like you're saying, you got a fancy name on your depth chart that you can't play because he's got a hamstring and he's out for two weeks. Comes back, he's got a you know I get it. You know, I mean, it, it is a less of a it is less of a cost than what Dalvin Cook was last year because Dalvin Cook last year is about where he's going this year. Yeah, that's about the exact same place. To it, yeah. So, I guess if I had two stud, if I had two studs running backs, you know, guys that I have no um, real, I don't know if it's if you do the workload to injury ratio, you know, like. Say you had 
Christian McCaffrey, and you somehow got uh, Joe Mixon, for instance, then I would probably not care so much about uh, having guys on my team as, say, my third running back. Or even if, if you had three running backs, we talked that there is wide receiver value. Oh, yeah. So if you had three running backs already and he was your fourth, well, then there you go. You'd have more of a lottery ticket type solution there. Yeah. Um, You're right on money, though, with his situation. And it, it's a good call with the, I love him, though. I know. I just, I it's love a good call him. with the injury. You know, like that's. That's a that's a very good point. I love it. No, I mean, I, I kind of just want to cheer for the guy. I mean, it was a first play last year. First play, he had broke for 20 yards or 25 yards and mm-hmm. blew out his knee. Ah, poor guy. So I'm kind of cheering for him. Like, um, moving out of wide receivers, uh, we got our usual suspects at the top. Now, I am higher on Tyree Kill than a lot of people. I have him as my fourth overall, just behind Thomas and right in front of Julio. The, my reasoning behind this is, yeah, he's a bit of a boom and a, a boom and a bust. Like and people will say, like T.Y. Hilton. The only thing is, is I think Tyreek Hill is a little bit more stable. They run a better offense, so Tyreek Hill actually will get some rushing yards because they want to do the jet yeah. sweeps and everything. And he has a bit more uh, touchdown upside than say. T.Y. Hilton. Now, I'm still trying to figure out if he's going to actually be returning any kicks. That kind of factors in just a shade. Yep. A shade, because you might get that arbitrary touchdown every once in a while. But I like Hill because I think he's got better t- touchdown upside than, say, Julio Jones. Julio Jones is going to be stable, stable yeah. as fuck. Yeah. I'm not worried about Julio. If you like Julio Jones above Tyreek Hill, hey, you're not going to get an argument out of me. It's just the fact that for whatever reason, Matt Ryan can't seem to fucking find him in the goddamn end zone. Well, Hill's going to get your touchdowns. Yeah. He definitely is. So, I mean, you know, and then after that, you know, I I say tier four. We're still in wide receiver one territory. Mm-hmm. I moved Antonio Brown back up from below Cooper and Helton. He's practiced all week. We still got the stupid helmet issue. I still have worries. That something's going to fucking happen later in the season. So he's kind of a risk. But I don't think at that spot you can go, I like these guys better than Antonio Brown. You just can't. No, and the talent is, is too much. Yeah. And, you know, and Antonio Brown in this offense could be the number one. Yeah. Like Gruden's going to get him the ball. They're going to find ways to get him the ball. And it's, it's, you know, does he cry next time his shoelace breaks and walks? You know, that's the only thing you're getting. And I think so far, like you said, he's on the right track. He's got his helmet back on. If he can get back to football, just focus on that. You know, Brown is falling. You, get, you might end up, oh, you got Hill, your first pick, and then Brown, that, you know, if you mm-hmm. went receiver, receiver, or. You know, some people are get scared. I don't know if in this league that will happen, but I doubt if he drops it to round three. But uh, it's hard to pass him up. You yeah. Know? yeah, none of us like the malarkey, but, well, you know. but And plus, I, I, I think you know? the way – this is kind of the way I look at it. Mike Evans is safer. Juju, you got Juju and Odell above him. They're a bit safer. Odell's not case too, but – he he's got talent for days, so you can't you can't ever drop him real low. But 
Keenan Allen dealing with an ankle issue. He'll get the volume. Yep. Still kind of... Allen's always kind of... He shouldn't go... He should go around the 2-3 turn. But he can never drop him lower than that because he's the main seven in LA's offense. PPR gold. Um, Amari Cooper. That plantar fasciitis strain stress, whatever he's got going on, that foot scares the fuck out of me. It hurts like a mole. I got, I've got. i had it. I've had it several times working on concrete in the uh, at Lake County Press in the press room. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's, it's a pain in the ass to get rid of. You have to get arch supports. They can give you a cortisone shot, but, you know, it only lasts for a few weeks, you know. Well, and, that, and I, I think I've, I think I've said this before. It's all going to be pain management on him. Yeah. I mean, I... And I, I don't doubt that Cooper's just going to deal with this and do it because as much as we might have hated Cooper beforehand, it's come, it's kind of come to pass that it wasn't Cooper. Yeah. It was the offense he was in, the coordinators, coaching staff that could not, you know, work with Cooper and what he's good at. And when he got traded to Dallas, you saw what he can be. Um, on a week-to-week basis, he's a little, he's not as boomer bust as what he was in Oakland. Right, a little bit safer, but okay. I do have some concerns with that. Um, yeah, it's be tough to practice. Yep. So, like you know, working on that timing with um, Zach Prescott might be a little off at first half of the season. You know, right. The first few weeks, and then then they get it down. Agreed. Uh, Ty Hilton's moved back to the end of tier four. Um, that's. Strictly because of the uncertainty with Andrew Luck. How fun is that tier five group? I mean, look <laughs> at all these guys. Look at the talent that's in that group. You know, for tier five, oh, you know, you got your Edelman, so you got your DJ Moore, Allen Robinson, Galladay, Lockett, Nick Boomer, Bus, Cooper Cub coming off his knee injury. You know, yeah, well, Robert Woods. You know, probably get get a little taste of that Rams offense. The sleeper and the darling of the fantasy radio, Chris Goodwood, Tampa Bay, you know. Um, there's another guy, Mike Williams, Calvin Ridley. I mean, look at that. Look at that talent that's in that tier. I mean, good Lord. I know. And that's – Love and, it. And that's why I don't receivers mind. receivers are fun this year. That's why I don't, <laughs> mind, that's why I don't mind you know? going two running backs early because you're going to be able to probably get two out of this whole tier. Yeah. And they're going to be – Maybe not as good as the elites, but they will they can produce. work yeah. to produce almost like them. Yeah. So you're not really going to lose all that much because you've got your stud running back. You know, you get your two stud running backs and you get into this tier of the wide receivers, you're going to be able to fight for change. Yeah. <laughs> get in the playoffs that way. So, yeah, we've gotten in that area. Tier 6. Um, There's a couple guys in there. Still got Boyd and Green right next to each other. Green's going to go way super late because nobody's going to want to take a guy who's going to be out the first um, month of the season. Sutton is in that group. Uh, Will Fuller. Man, that kid stays healthy. He's a touchdown guy. Michael Gallup, because we just got done talking about Cooper. Gallup's been healthy. He's He looks like he's on the same page with Zach, uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, and he looks good. He's, he's kind of bloomed last year, and it looks like he's continuing to go up. I'm not saying that he's a solid one, but there's another guy in a PPR setting. That, that could be a 10-point, 12 points a week guy, you know. 
Here. Uh, you since you're a Packer guy, um, what's your feeling on Allison versus uh, MVS? Uh, you know, it, it's a really tough to judge of the preseason. But I, uh, it seems like Allison is a little bit more connected with Rodgers, especially coming out of the slot. In, the, in, in some of the preseason and some of the practices reports that I got. And so Allison is probably going to be more of your PPR guy. And Valdez Scanley is going to be your home run guy. I, I think there's going to be some games where the matchups to dictate how well MVS does. And I, I think there'll be some games where he does like a, like kind of like it has a Mike Williams game. For, you know, like Mike Williams will sure. be quiet. And the next week he had five receptions for 110 yards and a touchdown. Something like that, you know. Like, I think early on, uh, I, that's how I'd look at it, you know. So, so more like Allison being the stable guy, where MVS is kind of your your home run, your home run hitter. Yeah. I, so they'll probably would you say would you probably say that they'd end up statistically probably being similar, but you know maybe not from a catch perspective, but yardage overall. and maybe TDs, they'd be similar. But you're going to get the stability of Allison versus the home run hitting yeah. of MVS. Yeah, I, I think so. Like overall the season, yeah, I bet you they'd be pretty close. You know, I would I would think that uh, MVS has more touchdowns. So if you were like in a standard league, mm-hmm. maybe that's a guy to latch. You know, big big sixteen team, fourteen team standard league, that might be a guy to latch on to uh, for like a plug and play or receiver three guy. That's probably not a good, uh, bad way to look at it. Yeah. I probably would agree with that. It's James Washington. That's tier seven. He falls. He's starting to have, you know, a hot. I've actually, I brought him. I brought him up. And uh, Sanders. I can't I believe how well he looks with that freaking Achilles. It's hard to believe. It's really hard to believe how good he looked. He kind of messes everything up, but yeah, you know. I think it's such a false flag. I think something's gonna happen. I think. Uh, yeah. Hey. You, you might be right on that, but, like, you know, look, he's, I, he's I, a late-round flyer, you know? Right. Well, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, we get into these tiers as kind of, you know, pick your poison. Yeah. I think Emmanuel Sanders will start out, you know, as the guy, but I would still, maybe you don't have to draft him, but unless you're in a real deeper league, I would still keep an eye on Deshaun Hamilton um, just in case uh, something is occurring with that where he's going to be injured. He who's, might be somebody that might who, want to pick up. Who's your guy in New Orleans for the, the next receiver up for? Uh, it is for definitely um, Traquan Smith. Is it? Yes. He, he did, yeah. Yep. Well, I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna see another year of growth out of him. Um, it's still primarily going to be Thomas and. Um, or probably Cook, and then you're, you're Cook. and then uh, yeah, Kamara, I, you know, yeah, again, you know, you're talking Thomas, Kamara, Cook, and then Traquan Smith. So I mean, he's going to be the fourth option. You're not worried about the Teddy Ginn, old man no, Teddy Ginn. No, he's, I, he's Ted, still stale. I can't believe it's like, <laughs> dude, were we talking about him in like 1989? Hey, Ted Ginn Jr., what round are you going to take him? You know, like. He's still well, he around. Won, he, you know? won, he won the national championship with Ohio State back in 78. <laughs> right. <laughs> Six-time champion. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> you know, at the end, you know, you have your fillers and stuff. I moved Chris Moore from Baltimore up a little bit um, just because he's been showing up. Uh, you've also got Keyshawn Johnson right in there. Um, the San Francisco wide receivers just keep kind of dropping because I just don't want to fucking deal with that situation. Um it's all like Jalen Hurd, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And then the following week, he does nothing. I'm like, okay. Wow, he's hurt now. <laughs> oh, yes. He he's hurt. I, yeah. I miss so that, yeah. Outside of like Dante Pettis, Dante Pettis and Debo Samuel. Yeah. yeah. Um, Samuel's look good. He's got some explosive Sa- plays. Samuel's, I, might sure. take, Samuel's yeah. I would take a look at late. Um, it is a mess. It is. You know? <laughs> and, then, and then he got Garoppolo. Garoppolo, too busy banging porn stars. blind and it to every <laughs> other fucking guy but his own. And uh, so I can't be hating though. He he was being important. <laughs> he's he's just here for the good looks, folks. Well, um, <laughs> this probably not for fantasy, but Dontrell Inman going back to the Chargers as a third wideout. That's a solid play. I think that was a really good solid play for them. I, yeah. and somebody that I would keep an eye on. That kills Travis Benjamin if, if he had any fantasy value whatsoever. Yeah, he gone. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at the end here, it's just a whole bunch of... Uh, scraps. Yeah, scraps. Guys that you're not going to draft. Maybe Dynasty, but even then. Maybe, yeah. The tight ends. Tight ends last. Here we go. Now, I got my third tier. You know, behind the top three, I have mine listed as Henry Ingram and Howard. That looks right to me. I mean, that's... You like Howard over Ingram? No, I like Ingram over Howard. I think there's... Uh, I love Howard. I mean, as a physical specimen, you know, like we talked earlier in the podcast, you know, you got to separate your reality of football and the fantasy. Like, reality is, like, dude, I take O.J. Howard and heartbeat and the size, speed, all that. But... Offensively, in that, in the well, in the fantasy, he's got Goodwin, Evans, and you got Cameron Brait, you know, and then you know, so there, he's got a lot of people that's, yeah, that's going to take away his value. Like Ingram is the only tight end, really. I mean, they got that Red Ellison kid, but really, Evan Ingram, and especially down the stretch last year, he was a guy. So, and then you know how Rivers loves tight ends. Like, well, now that Gates is gone, you know, Hunter Henry is the man. You know, so I would drop, you know, where you got him ranked, you go Hunter Henry, Ingram, Howard is probably right on the money, you know. The thing, I also had kind of a thought, and this is kind of a, just off the rails, but um, with Golden Tate not being there for four weeks, right? Yeah. What if you saw, what if you had Evan Ingram and he just blows up those first four weeks because he doesn't have to deal with somebody else occupying the slot. So, you know, and the, the Giants have been known to take Ingram and move him out a little bit to get him off the line. Um, if he blows up, I mean, he'd have to fucking blow up. Would you consider trading him if you were weak at other positions and maybe getting, say, an RB2 or, or a wide receiver two? I would definitely be down for trading him, and I'll tell you why. Because if you look at the end of these, they're going to be gambling a little bit, but if you look at the end of the tight end, yeah, you got you got that, yeah, Darren Waller. You also have Delaney Walker coming back. Mm-hmm. You have, I know Jordan Reed is in for 
<laughs> protocol. No one wants to touch him, but potentially if he's there, the Kyle Rudolphs are at the end of the, you know. Right. Uh, you can get a guy, you know, uh, off the you know, off the bottom of Cameron Braith, you know, bottom of that waiver wire, really. And if you can turn around and, and trade and get a your, your low tier, maybe a flex running back, maybe that solid PPR receiver. And heck, even maybe a bag of quarterback because he got injuries. You know, you yeah, I would do it. To do it with Salah why it's hot, right? If he, he <laughs> blows up and it's hot, hell yeah. You know? I agree. Um, I have moved Darren Waller up in my rankings. Uh, he is right next to TJ Hawkins. Pretty cool story, huh? And Trey Burton. I, yeah. Dude, this kid is fucking good. Like, yeah. This isn't – Darren Waller isn't just a thing that um, Howard Bender uh, – Who's a funny guy? The uh, football diehards. This isn't a guy that they're just throwing out there. Like, if you actually watch this kid when he plays, he's fucking good. And he's going to be somebody that, even if you don't draft him, let's say you, you go up in – your high-end tight ends or whatever. Keep an eye on him as a potential for, say, your bye weeks and stuff. This kid could this kid could be what Jared... He could do almost exactly what Jared Cook did there last year. Maybe a little bit boom and bust, but he could be somebody that you just throw in there and just let it be. He's got the flashes. I mean, he looks apart. You know, if he keeps that consistency going, they, you need... That production at that position, and if yep. he's ready to step up, I mean, if you got the balls, you can draft him right out the gate this weekend, yeah. and for nothing. Like you draft him right before your, if you do a kicker or defense, you draft him right before yeah. them, and nobody's nobody. Wood, who's that? Darren Waller. Darren Waller, where you go? As you're, you know, beating him, yeah. destroying everybody in your league. <laughs> but. Uh, I think that's where I think that's where we're gonna end it. We're gonna we're gonna end the podcast here, and um, we're gonna go fucking enjoy ourselves here. Have a good time. Have a couple drinks. Get some food. Wow. Draft a little fantasy football. But so as we're ending it, I want to wish everybody luck. If you need to get a hold of me, get a hold of me on Twitter or through the Slack chat for Full Time DFS. And uh, with that being said, hey, uh, Roy, Roy Dog, thank you for letting me be on the podcast. I, hey, hey, man, I hey, really thank appreciate you. Those I, you know what? That's my awesome. bad. That's my bad. <laughs> no, no, That's awesome. my bad. I should have said thank you. No, man, that's great. Uh, everybody out there listening, man, good luck on your drafts. You know, have fun and white claw it up, baby. White claw that <laughs> motherfucker up. Hey, we, hey, we out. <laughs>
dog. Rhoda, what is your problem, man? We tried to get a hold of you yesterday. You're the host of the freaking draft, you dumbass. We got to be over there set stuff up for you. No, you want to do it by yourself. Eh. You know, dude, we had 10 people ready to come over here and help you. No phone calls, no texts, nothing. What are you doing with being a little bitch? Hold the fuck on. Why is it my responsibility to get everybody over here when everybody knew this is the place to fucking be? So... I've been up. I had been up since seven o'clock Thursday morning. Fucking get my house all cleared up, and you're like, I don't know why wait, he's wait. bitching that he had to clean the garage. It looks the same as what it was yesterday. Yeah, what do we get do? We, the fuck out of you here! You get the fuck out of here! You moved three chairs and you took a one sweep through your garage and called it clean. You act oh. like you slaved yeah. all over, dude. I'm gonna yeah. take this mic and stab it in your freaking eye. I'm gonna put your head through that motherfucking refrigerator. You son of a bitch! You can't waste a week one. Of fucking shit. <laughs>